Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's seven o'clock in the morning, London time, on Thursday the 20th of April. US Federal Reserve President Williams, who, unlike so many on the FOMC, is an actual real-life economist, suggested that bank lending standards were likely to tighten in the wake of the recent banking system problems, while simultaneously stressing that the banking system was sound. Tighter credit conditions would slow spending, especially for lower-income groups, who do, however, have less influence on overall economic activity. The signs are that any tightening is not especially significant so far. This discussion may be a reference to more longer-term tightening of lending standards, implying lower interest rates over the longer term than would otherwise be the case. Why would banks tighten lending standards longer term if everything's okay? Because what the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank has demonstrated is the new, or possibly the old, realities of dealing with confidence in a banking system in the digital age. Banking in the 18th and the early 19th centuries was very, very local. And in a village or a market town, everyone knew everyone. And the loss of confidence of one person meant the loss of confidence of the community. Now, WhatsApp has created a global village with the same tendencies. Academic research has suggested that Silicon Valley Bank's run was accelerated by Twitter. And of course, in a world of online banking, nothing could be easier than pulling money out of an institution in which you have no confidence. So, the failure of Silicon Valley Bank presents a new structural rather than a cyclical reality, and that might require a future change in lending standards. In the glittering wonder that is the euro, we get the summary account of the European Central Bank's last policy-making meeting. The sense is that the European Central Bank will carry on tightening because that is the path of least resistance, not because it is the best thing to be doing. The report today is likely to reflect all of that. Markets are speculating on what the size of the policy error is likely to be in Europe over the coming months, but it is not clear whether an account of a large faction-riven institution will offer much clarity on that specific point. Elsewhere in Europe, the European Commission has proposed reducing imports of grain from Ukraine because those imports are driving agricultural prices down far too much. Consumers across Europe may be staring in blank incomprehension at this news at a time when food price inflation is scandalously high. The reason, of course, is that the price consumers pay for food has very, very little to do with the price farmers receive for food in developed economies. Food is not food. Food is advertising, packaging, distribution, wholesale costs, real estate costs, retail costs, and, of course, profit margins. Much more profit margins these days than is normal. However, food retailers have been pointing to the war in Ukraine as an excuse to cover up the profit margin increases. So if the popular narrative changes with this decision, some of the price increases may become harder to achieve. In the United States politics, the comic opera of Congress is going into overdrive. It is default or debt ceiling season. 
U.S. House Speaker McCarthy has proposed a series of measures that they know will never be accepted as conditions for raising the debt ceiling. And U.S. President Biden has delivered their analysis of these conditions as being, quote, wacko notions. For investors, there have traditionally been two reactions to this farce. One is to just ignore everything for the time being. The other is to grab popcorn and sit back and enjoy the performance, but don't take any of it seriously. Those are probably still the right approaches, but the political polarisation of the United States has become a lot more acute, and international investors who tend to view politics in the States through the sound bites of fanatical extremists on both sides of the divide may have a somewhat warped view of what is going on. That's all for today. Have a good day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the global wealth management business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.